Boom, there we go. It's the Leafs Weekender. And sitting beside me is someone you've seen here before. Finally got him back on the show. The man, <laughs> the myth, the legend, the gift master himself, Mr. Omar. How's it going tonight, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. You know, Leafs coming off a big win, so that, that's always great. But, you know, happy to be back. Happy to be out beyond. That's uh, always uh, awesome to have you on. And speaking of awesome, our friends over at Boxing Rock Brewing Co. They're the sponsor of this show. So shout out to them over the holiday season. Check them out if you're on the East Coast or if you want to order in. This right here, Boxing Rock Brewing Co. The absolute big beer for the big game, the big podcast with my friend right here, Mr. Omar or Tic Tac Tomar, if you know him over on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Um, the Maple Leafs this week. A week that looked like it could have been disaster, but they picked up points in each game, which is not too shabby. John Tavares picks up his 1,000th point. Jones gets a shutout. Matthew Nyes looks like an absolute beast on Saturday night to uh, greet Kyle Dubas. Uh, the Leafs <laughs> beat the Rangers. There's so many things we can get into. What amazed you most about this week for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah, I mean, I think the ability to, I guess, still have success despite the quote-unquote chaos, if you want to call it that. I think it was, it was an interesting week. I think if you're a person that is very critical of the Leafs, you kind of hold them to a standard of how they can play, and you kind of have to remind themselves, like, huh, either more than or at least half of the team is sick with something. Um, and, you know, it got to a point where on Saturday's game, um, you know, Matthews and Brody don't don't play. You know, Matthew Nyes missed uh, missed a pair of games. He just came back. So it's like you're looking at the rest of the team and it's like, OK, well, the team is may not be feeling its best right now. Um, and then they end, end up producing anyway and they end up getting end up getting results. And, you know, there's there's some games where it's just like, ah, you know, this is typical least craziness. I mean, you have you, you score five goals in, a, in one period and you, know, you get to overtime and. <laughs> I remember the, that game just watching it like, ah, okay, they're going to lose like 5-4. And then Matthews <laughs> yeah. gets the other one. It's like, okay. <laughs> and then they end up losing anyway. So, I, I mean, I, th I think a week a week like this, like, you know, you just expect to try to see, try to, you know, see how many points you can get and kind of chip away at the process there. But, you know, I think this week definitely is a big resilience um like week for the team and you know i think if you're actually living you have to like what a lot of the players that he brought in uh did on saturday you know max domi has a great night um you know nora gregor scores simone benoit william lagason had had great games as well martin jones to, to your point gets a shout out as well tyler bertuzzi has three assists all of them which were wicked so and i think overall it's a great great week for the for the team and um you know again especially with uh with the illnesses that was going around yeah, well, for me, though, the big thing for the Toronto Maple Leafs this week is showing what their depth can do. And I know a lot of people, a lot of the cynics, so to speak, are saying, well, these players who are playing right now will not be available for the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. They're not guys you can run with, not guys you can use. But for me, I'm like, well, I don't know if you've watched the playoffs, guys, but mm -hmm. a lot of these depth players do end up getting in in a pinch here and there to help their teams when it's a long run a team goes on. So a guy like Benoit, a guy like Lagesson, hell, they'll even go on the forward group and start saying the Pontus Holmbergs, the Bobby McMahons, these are valuable experience games for them to start to build something. And look at Vegas last year. How many goalies did they go through to win the Stanley Cup? So having Martin Jones come in and post a shutout and also relieve Mr. Elias Samson, or no, it was Joe Wool, you know, and come in and save that game as well and get another mm -hmm. victory. So I'm looking at it like this and say, well, this is great. And also it looks good on Brad Tree Living because the guys you've brought in 
mix and fit well with the system after everybody was kind of like, I don't think Bertuzzi's going to work. I don't think Domi's going to work because it wasn't meshing early on. As we've said on this show a bunch of times, it's about finding the right spot for guys and getting them comfortable in that role. And I think so far, you know, Sheldon Keefe has done a good job now of getting that done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when, when it comes to the playoffs, we always, yes, the, the star players are going to be the star players on every team. I mean, ideally, but like, it's always those like depth performances that make people kind of like, go like, Oh, where, where did that come from? Or again, it's like when, when you get to free agency on July 1st and you see a player get like that five year, $5 million contract. And it's like, why does it go? Yeah. Because they have that one, that one, you know, stand up performance in the playoffs, but like your depth needs to show up for you, especially in the, especially in those games. And like, you know, by no means am I com- comparing player to player, but like you think of Tampa Bay, for example, yes, Stamkos, Kucherov, Victor Hedman, but like those those years where they where they want I think back to back cups, that yeah. third line, Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, Barclay Goudreau, like that was a that was a strong line for them. And again, that yeah. was the third line. That's their bottom six. So you know you know you know even even though they, they may not be the the flashiest topic, but like your depth still does matter. And I it think does. games like this where you can have, you know, every, you know, players have that next man up mentality and perform when you look at the Leeds blue line, just like last year, they're getting decimated with decimated with it with injuries. You know, Lilligren just came back, but Connor Timmins, Lagesson, Benoit, you know, uh, Max Lajoie has, has gotten to some games um, here or there, but like, they've had players being able to fill in those gaps and, you know, have steady, have steady performances, obviously some better than others. So, I think that I think overall this entire week can be nothing more, nothing short of a success for for the Leafs, for Brad Tree Living, and especially those individual players who, you know, who knows, who knows what happens, you know, uh, heading into April or maybe in the first round. Maybe you have a couple of injuries here or there, but I think now you at least have uh, an extra set of confidence that those players can play games for you if you need them to. No, and I like that factor because these are the guys you go chasing after a trade deadline. Yeah, to kind of bolster your. You know, your roster now the least look at it and say, well, hey, why don't we go for a bigger home run on a trade? We have the depth guys we need already, at least on defense. And I think the forward group is starting to come too. Mm-hmm. There's still guys down there. Hello, Alex Steves. <laughs> that needs to get an opportunity to come up here yeah. and make a little noise too. But yeah, I'm very, very excited for what has happened so far with this roster and the guys starting to turn corners like Domi, like Bertuzzi, and I keep going through the lineup. And even Ryan Reeves, I think he had a couple strong showings. Uh, yeah. Not not this week, but last week, you know, really looked like that fourth line was coming together with him on it, and he was starting to play that more physical role. Unfortunately, um, caught a rut and kind of took himself out for a little bit, but already riding the bike, and mm. looks like it, he avoided the worst uh, of that injury, so that's not too shabby. Uh, the Leafs coming up this week, though, they have the Rangers. They have Buffalo and Columbus. So they have two teams they've already faced. And, of course, Buffalo sandwiched in the middle, which is always a tough out for the Maple Leafs no matter what. Um, I want to know, what do you think of this week? Where do you think the Leafs fall on this one? Uh, is it going to be a clean sweep for you? Or is it? Uh, what's the record for you this week? I don't know if it will be a clean sweep because, again, for many years, Buffalo always finds some way um that's it to make it difficult for the Leafs um I can see the Rangers being being a win there not because I'm not because it's going to be easy but that's a that's a game the Leafs will definitely show up for um you know when you when you I think the the first the first time they played um this season at least the most recent one you know the Leafs were up 4-1 
um, made a, you know Rangers made it a little bit more interesting, but you know, and, but you know, the, the Leafs ended up getting getting the seven three win. So the Rangers aren't going to forget about that. So they're probably going to want to try to you know get some revenge there. And obviously the Leafs will be, be will be ready for it. They're a top team in, in the East, top team in the division, definitely. Um, Columbus is Columbus, uh, and they're going. They can through. score. Let's give them credit. They can yeah. score. Their goaltending and defense may be porous. Mm-hmm. But they can definitely score. They're yeah. one of the highest scoring teams in the NHL, and no for one sure. can take for that. For sure. But they are they are making some roster decisions that are a little puzzling. You know, you have Fantilli on the fourth line for some reason. And you know, if that continues, like I can see them just sending him to the World Juniors. I don't know. I don't know if that is in the cards there, but I don't know. Like it would make sense. I mean it would. I don't know. Like why why have him play play what like nine minutes on the fourth line where you can just have him, you know, put him in a position where you know he can be a be a, be a leader on this world junior team. Yes. So maybe that's happened. And if he ends up going, obviously that makes the team that makes the team weaker. You know, Patrick Line, I think he got got a got a release. He's gonna be out for like six weeks. Yeah. So like the team scoring wise is taking hits. And yeah, you know, they can say, Yeah, we want to get the lease back for that five, you know, for though that five goal, five goal period, but I don't know about that one. So I think the Leafs, I'll give them a 2-0-1 record. Um, and that, that last one is an is either like an overtime or a shootout loss to Buffalo because we always know those games end up being wonky anyway. It's so weird with Buffalo. It doesn't matter, especially mm-hmm. I don't know what it's called now. It, it, Key Bank Center is what I'll call it. I think it's still mm-hmm. that. But when we play there, it's just you may as well put two points on the board for Buffalo. I know in the Austin yeah. Matthews era, it's been a little different, but – I know that's a tough out for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll go. Uh, I'll go two and one this week. I do think they beat the Rangers. I do think they learn their lessons from CBJ and really put their foot on the neck, so to speak, and win that one. Uh, but for Buffalo, I just see that being a loss. I just yeah. do. <laughs> I don't see it being good. I think Tage Thompson pops off, and I think Rasmus Dahlin goes off their Austin Matthews a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, those two always seem to have a little bit of a battle going on too. So. I think it'll be two and one for the Leafs this week. But hey, still four points out of a possible six. We'll take it any day of the week. Yeah. Um, I want to know your thoughts, though, on this team so far, the Toronto Maple Leafs as a whole. We touched on some of the players here so far, but what are your thoughts going through this lineup? Obviously, Matthew Nye's coming in looking like he has a little bit of pop. I still say this kid's got a large ceiling ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really just figuring out how to use that frame at the NHL level. We saw it last night against Pittsburgh. Um, then you go to the second line. Bertuzzi's really starting to find some chemistry with JT, whether it's Marner or Willie Nylander on that line. And then the third line, man. Robertson finally gets his everyday NHL shot with Domi. Yarn Croak, everybody loves him. I wish everybody would have loved him from the beginning of the season last year mm-hmm. instead of just coming on to it now. This guy is what we've said he is. He's a Swiss Army knife, plays anywhere you ask, doesn't complain, puts in the effort. And then the fourth line, rotating cast. Uh, with David Camp and Noah Gregor, but Noah Gregor to me, chef's kiss. Man. Oh yeah, that guy is. Uh, I don't want to see him on the top line, and the only reason why I say that it's not because I don't like his play. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so much better to have a guy like that with some explosiveness in the bottom six because it gives you a little bit more jam and pop down there when you've been missing it. And yeah. when you take that away from the bottom six, it kind of loses that muster, especially on the fourth line where no one's expecting a guy with that tenacious of a forecheck and that foot speed to be down there. And yeah. his hands are not too shabby either. As Clark Monroe, who's usually on the show, would say, good Western uh, WHL guy, man, put up some major points not too far from him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I think when it comes to Gregor, I, I agree 100. I think he's a player that you that you would love to have in your bottom six because I think he just catches people off guard. I don't th- I don't think you expect a player that fast to be on the fourth line. And sometimes I'll be watching like the like you know the, the penalty kill. I'll just like watch be watching a short extra handed shift. And then like you know Jake McKay, for example, has I don't know what like, what activated, but like he's been making some like Eric Carlson like like prime Eric Carlson passes. Yes, just, like finding people like mid stride like blowing through the zone. And just Gregor's speed is just so so shocking sometimes. And that like I I I see it. I, I see it happening like a playoff game. The Leafs are in desperate need of need of a goal. One pass takes off, has the shot, like, yes. th- and that's all you need. And I think that's why players like Gregor are, are so significant. And I think when it comes to the team overall, like this last game against Pittsburgh, yes, Pittsburgh is not the team that they once were. They're going through their issues. Their power play is ah, I get it. But this game really stood out for me because the Leafs had the lead and never for a second gave Pittsburgh no. any shot of getting back into the game. There are some other times where, especially I think the last like two, three weeks where the Leafs have had really strong first periods, second period starts and they're like, oh, okay, we're good. And then, yeah. you know, they, they let the opponent get back in and then they're like, okay, well, no, we want to win the game. So they'll score one goal here or there. But like that game, Pittsburgh had nothing. They had shots. But none of them were of any any consequence, especially in the first period. They had nothing going on. In front One of thing I liked about Saturday's game too is the uh, the f around and find out kind of mentality. Exactly. Yes, they, yes. They stood Absolutely. up for each other. You know, you come near the goaltender, we're running you. I don't care if we're both getting a penalty or if I'm getting a penalty. They were one for all and all for one in that game. And those games, when they do that, they did it early in the season. The first three games, they were like that, especially mm-hmm. in the Minnesota game early in the season there. Yeah. They really had that where Geo came in looking like an eagle flying over top <laughs> of everybody. You From know? the top rope, literally. Yes, it was amazing. But yeah. those moments right there, like that game, I know it was a 7 nothing walk of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mm-hmm. But still, it's a galvanizing thing when throughout that entire game, they stood up for one another. There was pushback. It didn't matter when it was 5 nothing, 6 nothing, 7 nothing. They were still mm-hmm. playing the same way. I think the only person who fought, kind of felt bad was Kyle Dubas. Yep. Or not Kyle Dubas, was, was Sheldon Keefe for mm-hmm. Kyle Dubas. Of course, Kyle Dubas felt oh, yeah. bad. crowd was oh, getting yeah. on, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But Sheldon mm-hmm. Keefe kept the A unit off for the power play. Oh, um, it was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. I, I'm watching the power play. I saw David actual camp. I was like, oh, Sheldon. Oh, Sheldon. Like, I get it. You don't want to run up the scoreboard, but, man – <laughs> run up the talk, scoreboard yeah you want to talk about that but like but yeah but going back to the to the, to the nice things that it's not like the the nice fight happened when they were up four nothing i think it was i'm pretty sure it was only one nothing at that point like it was so pretty early in the game and if you're max domi right like the, the entire off season you have max domi ryan reeves tyler Bertuzzi being asked the same question over and over again what are you going to bring to the team? What are you going to yeah. bring to the team? And their answer was the exact same thing. Oh, you know, toughness, play my game, stand up, yada, 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 right? So yep. if you're those, any of those three players, now it's just Domi and Bertuzzi, anytime so things go down, when the, you know what hits the fan, you're probably going to be expected to do something. Now, I do not, I don't know if there was ever a moment where Domi or Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi thought that the shoe would be on the other foot and that someone would stand up for them. Yep. So when I'm watching Matthew Nyes just see Domi fall, he doesn't know what happened, 
He doesn't know if it was like a hit from behind. Again, it ended up just being a you know accidental whatever high stick, yep. right? And Nye said, you know what? I don't care. We're going. And yep. that I think is so significant. And I used to be a person that was like, you know what? I don't care if Matthews fights or if Nylander fights. It doesn't matter. And again, year after year of seeing certain things and seeing certain teams and certain habits make their way into the playoffs, that mentality has changed. And I'm like, you know what? No, screw it. Everyone thinks you're the softest team in the league. It was a big deal this season where they had to have a team meeting about it. So when yeah. I'm seeing Matthew Nyes, his first game back after missing two games, score a goal, and then get into a fight with someone because Max Domi just fell or, again, you know, fell to the ice, I think that's so significant for team building. And then again, it trickles everywhere. Simone Benoit has been doing that all season. You get anywhere close to the front of the net, you're He's getting out of your whack, two-hand, push, whatever. William Lagesson grabs people for fun. Just for like you even get like yeah. uh, even you even think about going anywhere near the near, near the crease, you're getting grabbed. And then you have and then you have instances where Sidney Crosby, who's you know frustrated, I think it's like a five-nothing, six-nothing game at, at this point. Yep. Trying to take a couple of whacks of a wax of Jones to get the puck in. And then both to you know Tavares is like, no, John, John Tavares goes up to Crosby. No, gentleman no. John Tavares. Je- yes. Full robotic John Tavares. Connor Timmons is in there as well. So it just it, it's something that just spreads out throughout the throughout the entire team. And you need that. You need that. Because if I'm Domi and Matt and, and Bertuzzi, and I'm gonna throw everything on the on the line to you know for the team, for everyone else on the team. It's great to know that everyone else has the same mentality as well. Same Again, mentality. we're not talking about going around and headhunting people, nope. but when things go down, having that response, I think, is significant. And that, 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 for I don't know, just seeing that, I was like, wow, this team is different. Yes, it's one, it's, I think this one, it's the one, one moment. This is one example of it, but I think time and time again, we've gotten more examples of this team just willing to stand up for themselves. And that's all we've wanted for the longest time. Well, the past couple of weeks, we've seen Mark Giordano blow a fuse and go after people for throwing hits. Jake McCabe, same thing, threw a big mm-hmm. hit, had to answer for it. Yeah. Domi's gotten in the mix up a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Now you have Nyes doing it. Here's the thing. How excited were we all when Austin Matthews dropped the gloves with Steven Stamkos in the playoffs against Tampa? We don't want to see Austin Matthews do that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it was like, hey, finally, Matthews said you are going to around and you're going to find out that I'm a big boy and I can handle myself if I need to and I like that mentality I don't want to see Nylander fight or Marner or Matthews or any of the big guys but guess what every big name star that has gone on to do something in the NHL hello Nathan McKinnon Steven Stamkos Mm -hmm. Sidney Crosby have all dropped the mitts and showing other third fourth line guys who are taking liberties on them that they do not take that crap for a moment. Yep. And they've stood up for themselves and gotten it done. And that galvanizes a team. I'll use that word as many times as I need to because it puts them all together. Like you just said, well, if he's willing to do it, I'm willing to do it. If I'm willing to do it, you better be willing to do it. And mm-hmm. then it's a whole bunch of guys that are just together rolling through people who don't take liberties anymore. That doesn't yeah. happen. They got Ryan Reeves to be basically, what does one person call it? The policeman on the bench. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a cop sitting on the side of the road. You know he's there, you're not going to speed. So Ryan Reeves was supposed to be there. You know he's on the bench, you're not going to take a cheap shot. Well, how about having an entire bench of those guys? 
mm-hmm. who if you run one of their guys, someone is coming after you, whether you want it to happen or not. And I love that. Yeah. I love it because or you even, need it in the playoffs. Yeah, or even the board mm-hmm. battles. Even the board battles. You know now. Now you know if you if you admire your pass, twenty two is coming for you. I love it. If you if if you're trying to go into the try trying to go into the corner, for example, and when win a, and win a puck, 18's coming for you. And it's just like on mass, like more and more players are getting comfortable with it. And then even when it comes to just like just like the overall raw defensive stuff, blocking shots. Yes, this team has always been willing, willing to block shots, but I'm talking about getting in the way of like painful shots. I'm watching Timothy Lilligren again, who just got came back. Yeah. Came back from injury, turning around, blocking a shot. I'm seeing William Lagason dive across the crease and rob Sidney Crosby. That didn't get that did not get enough attention. No, it didn't. It was amazing. But he robbed him blind. It was an open net tapping power play goal, robbed him blind. So it's like the physicality, the effort, the will just to win, to win and get two points, I think is so significant for this team. Yeah, we're going to talk about some significance on the wins and stuff like that in just a mm-hmm. moment. Before we move to the media perception on the board there, I want to talk about the goaltending here. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and this is just strictly my perception on it, other people have different views, it looks like this team competes a whole hell of a lot harder in front of Joe Wool and Martin Jones than we've seen out of efforts in front of Samsonov. And I'm not saying anything bad about Sammy, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it seems like the comfort level with Wool and now Jones and Ned is different than that of Samsonov. And I know they battle back against CBGA, but it always seems like they're hanging one, two, maybe three on Samsonov and he can't find his footing. And I know some are on him, yes. Mm -hmm. But a shot on goal, as we've always been told, is a failure of your defense because your goaltender is supposed to be your last line of defense to stop the puck. So defenses are supposed to strip the puck, block the shot, do whatever to move the guy into an unfavorable shooting lane to make it, like you said on the weekend about Martin Jones, having shots that were of no consequence. But when Sammy's in that, it doesn't seem to be that way. So I want to know, when Joe Wool comes back, who are you more comfortable having as a tandem? And I know we have a small sample size with the Leafs of Martin Jones, but he did some things with the Seattle Kraken last year had the same amount of wins as Samsonov did. I'm wondering if we might see a Wool Jones thing if Sammy can't find his confidence. Would you be all right with that? Definitely. I mean, th- this this is what it comes down to, and the, obviously the the big conversation came up around you know Samsonov's latest start against Columbus, yep. where the Leafs like two things were true. I saw a lot of people just sticking to like one side of the conversation. There were two things that were true. The Leafs were horrendous in their own zone in those in those first two periods. Oh, it was insane. And Samsonov, you need to give them at least one or two of those back. And it's not fair, but that's the nature of the position. No, and, it- and 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 the thing about goaltending is is that the best goaltenders are the best goaltenders because they stop the goals that should be goals. Right? I'll well, give you we, that, yep. We love Joseph Wall because that game before he left, before he left, there there were at least three saves that should have been goals. I counted Wait six. Up. Yeah, at least three. Like, 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 cool, like uh, maybe two or three you could, like, kind of argue, but, like, at least three stone cold, those should be goals, and he stopped them. Yeah. Right, Jones is not as 
I don't know, active in the net as Samson is. He makes his you know minute minuscule minute movements. He'll make his side to side movements. If he does come out of the net again, you don't trust that anything is going to go wrong, right? So as far as just watching them, watching what we've seen from both, I'm more comfortable in a Wall Jones tandem than a Wall Samsonov tandem. Yep. Now another thing too is in the event where that Wall is healthy, Martin Jones isn't go, isn't go isn't you know breaking through very breaking through waivers. He's not. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know off the top of my head what the what the goaltending situation is around the league, but I would be very shocked. If again you look at a gold goalie who is putting up like really good numbers, has a yeah. shutout and goes unclaimed off of waivers, I'd be very shocked. So the least he's not making have, it. Yeah, I don't think he's making. Yeah, I, I agree. So right now, again, I, I'm more comfortable with Wall and Jones. I'm not saying that Samsonov was a horrible goaltender nope. because again, like last year, we we we, we you know he showed that he can do it. He can make a lot of those. Hey, that should have been a goal, but it wasn't saves. Like like again, like the the Sammy Smiles era was so yes. significant because, again, we loved all of the saves that we were getting. But at the end of the day, it's only about what have you done for us lately. And yep. lately, if we're ranking the two, the three goalies in, in on the lease right now, it's Wall, Jones, Samsonov. And yep. it cannot be argued. So right now, I'm, I'm rolling with those two. No, I'm fully with you. And, I mean, we have a little while before Joe Wall gets back. I mean, it's a high mm-hmm. ankle sprain, anywhere from four to six weeks. Everyone needs to remember, too, that four to six weeks, he needs to be able to go and push off on that ankle, go post to post, and slam that ankle into a post to lock down that position. Good luck doing that with any iota of pain. Mm -hmm. You have to be pain-free. So when he's pain-free, he'll be back. And I say this because Sidney Crosby had a high ankle sprain, and he was out for a long time because he just could not get the pain managed. So imagine now putting that on a goaltending position where you're pivoting all the time off that ankle and pushing yeah. as hard as you can. It's going to be a bit. So we'll see Sammy and we'll see Jones and hopefully Sammy can come back and rebound a little bit. But right now I agree with you full heartedly. I thought mm-hmm. about it on Saturday night and a lot of people were saying, we'll trade Samson off now. Well, no, no, you need some stability <laughs> right now. Let's, let's yeah. just not put the cart before the horse. And yeah. everybody's like, we'll bring up uh, the Hildebeest. I'm like, whoa, leave him. Leave him, him there, man. Let him leave cook. Him. Yeah, exactly. Leave him, him there. Cook. Let him cook. And to your point, the Leafs have the time. Like they have the time. Yep. Even even at the end, at the, at the end of the six weeks, like walls at like ninety five. Take your time. Like, I'll, 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 unless unless it's an issue where we get to a point where like both Samsonov and Wal- and um and Jones are unplayable, knocks yep. on wood. Um, I, I think they I think they have the time and they should definitely use it. Like they're they're in no rush to no. get wall wall back in the net. No, and with the touch on the Hildebeest thing, right quick, guys, let the man come in and command the crease in the AHL like Joel Wool did. Let him get his confidence. Maybe towards the end of the season when you're winding guys down to kind of get them ready for the playoffs, maybe he sneaks in a couple of games just to give him a taste as a reward for what he's done in the AHL. But Mm -hmm. even that, if the Marlies are rolling, you probably won't see it. But just pump the brakes on that one. They're not trading Sammy to bring up another rookie. So, Let's just go with Wool and see what he does. But uh, mm-hmm. one thing we were talking about was this team grinding it out and getting points. And I love the quote from Mitch Marner. I think it was a week or so ago where the Leafs obviously didn't have a lot of regulation wins, but they were picking up wins, picking up points in a lot of games and rolling. Most teams, if that is happening, 
media is like, man, this team is really gutting it out. They're missing players. They're doing so well. They're picking up points. They're staying in the hunt. They're doing all the things they need to do. This team is really together. Now here in Toronto, the media is like, well, how come they don't have regulation wins? This team's not really winning in regulation. This team's not doing so great. May I add, three of your top defensemen that are supposed to be in your lineup, Klingberg, I know everybody says he's a, not a great player for the Leafs. I get that. But he was penciled in as one of your top six. Giordano and Lilligren injured. Mm-hmm. I'm saying three gone. The guy who was supposed to be your starter was shaky. You're running with a rookie goaltender. And you guys are still grinding out points. To me, that's gutsy. That's what you need to see out of this team. I'm impressed. Why is the Toronto media as a whole not impressed? Because any other market, this would be the biggest story of how this team is triumphing over all of the injuries and adversity in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll I'll admit, like right off the bat, that I've I've definitely been guilty of of the 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 hyper focus on the the regulation wins, and I think it's because. I think okay. I think one of the main reasons is especially like the fan base and the media are are trying to hold the Leafs to a higher standard. I get um, that a much higher standard, and and again, and I think for I think for whether it's right or wrong, it's the reality that's, that's taking place. And I think when you're watching the way in which the points are happening, sometimes it's from the idea of the Leafs being down and then you know getting to overtime and then you know getting a point, stealing a point, or other times that they had the lead, gave up the lead, it got to overtime, and then they lost the game anyway. So yes. I think it's a mixed bag of things, you know, whether we're, whether it's the idea of, okay, well, did they steal a point or did they lose a point? You know, did they get did they get the, get the, get the game to, to overtime or a shootout, or did they fail to hold on to a lead in a game that they probably should have continued to hold on to the lead and then give and then get, then lose, lose the game in that way? Um, I think yep. you, I think I think there's a lot of hyper focus on individual performances as well. You know, I think when you're looking at looking at players and hoping that they that they that they play better, I think when you're looking at players that you know you expect a lot more from, especially when it comes to the star players, for example, for the longest time, Nylander was running the show. Austin Matthews was right, was you know was uh, was um, you know scoring a whole bunch of goals. You know, Marner would have games where he would look like himself, and then games where he wouldn't. Um, you know the, the 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 fourth line situation. So I think it was like a, a mixed bag of things, but I do think a lot of it is the idea of a lot of pessimism and mainly yep. pessimism because of where a lot of people want the team to be. Um, I do think that whether want people want to admit it or not, there are a lot of, I guess I don't know, um, hung on negativity and frustration from how the playoffs went last ended last year. They won a round. And then lost in five games. Yep. They were down three nothing, and they couldn't score goals. Um, against a team who, you know, for all intents and purposes, if Pittsburgh didn't blow it, let's just call a split spade a spade. If Pittsburgh didn't blow their season, yep. Florida wouldn't have been there straight up. Um, so I think I think a lot of people are holding on to that, and and there's 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 still such so much like. A, a, I guess for lack of better words, anxiety and, and hyper-focus and extra caution on, on the team is that we're, we're so desperate to, want to, to have the team be good, legitimately good, not just like good for like one game or two games, but yep. good for like a long, a long number of stretches that we're, that we're, we're, that we're willing to always take the glass half empty um, approach as opposed to the glass half full approach. And again, I've, I've been victim, a victim of that as well. 
when when we're in that full area of like oh the Leafs only have five regulation wins just like San Jose and and um and Ottawa and Columbus or whatever but again not noticing the fact that like well yeah but they're also like not losing a regulation as well so they're getting points and I think I think when when the the point we are at the season now where you know we're we're mid to late December and you look at the standings it's like ha okay yeah I think we've been focusing on the wrong thing because like as it stands. Leafs are what third in the conference. They're like sixth in the league. They're they have the second division spot in the Atlantic. In the Atlantic. Yep. So at the end of the day, points are points, and I think now that I think now people are hopefully are more willing to see that positive side. I know I am. I'm trying to focus on on that that positive aspect a little bit more. But I, I think it's the expectation and the desire for the team to be good. That is that is that makes people focus more on the negative, um, and you know, unfortunately, one of those negatives was the number of regulation wins they had. Yeah, I always look at it like this for myself, and I mean, you know me by now. I'm Mr. Mm-hmm. Positive. Always think the Leafs are going to win, and always pumping up the tires. I, I hate dwelling on the negative. There's way too much negative in the world mm-hmm. to sit and dwell on a negative for a hockey team. I look at it like this. There are many games this year where last year or even the years previous where the Maple Leafs would be down one or two goals, mm-hmm. and that would be it. The shoulders yep. would slump, the heads would be down, the effort would slip, and that's it. They would just be willing to lose that game and no problem. They would shake it off, and that's it. Move on to the next one. Not this season. They have battled back, and yeah, six times they've gone you know, and lost the extra point in overtime, but they've battled to get to that point. I know there's times where they've blown their own leads and lost the game as well. I get that. But I look at the positives of battling back and the Columbus game, there's recent memories, one of those things where they clawed back. Hey, they did it to Tampa in the playoffs in the third period. Hello, 4-1, yeah. came back and won. Those things to me matter because when you build those skills to be able to battle back and compete in a game and get yourself to the extra frame or get yourself even and know that you can do that, on a continual basis, not that you want to do it all the time. I get that, mm-hmm. but I get the fact you also need to build that skill where it's not over till we say it's over and we have the ability to come back from five, nothing and tie the game. Hey, we can do that. That's now in our toolbox. We know we can figure it out. Here's how we did that. Okay. So that is one thing they can use. And I look at all of the other stuff, the regulation wins, the Leafs are sitting with only six regulation losses. Why is that not talked about? They're up there with the Boston Bruins, for crying out loud. Only six regulation losses. Not too shabby for a team that everybody's crying not having the regulation win. So take the good with the bad, folks. I think the Maple Leafs right now, they're learning some hard lessons with injuries in the lineup, but they're still getting points. And like you said, second in the Atlantic, third in the Eastern Conference. I will take that gladly because you could be looking on the outside of the playoffs, looking in. Hi, Habs fans. Amen. I had to get it. Sense fans too. Oh, oh man! Remember, remember that? Remember in the summer when um when when the we, the Leafs had to be careful of the sense. Remember that? Oh yeah, the top six. John, I know you listen to every episode. I love you, John Trotre, the PA voice mm-hmm. of the sense. You're a good buddy. I'm not crapping on them. I always call them pesky sense, and I picked them to make the playoffs this year. But there is no way in the world right now that they are better than the Maple Leafs. No way. Yep. Figure it out, though. I hope you guys do turn a corner and figure something out over there. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing for me, on the weekend, obviously, we heard the crowd chanting Dubas. 
TV, they tried to silence it out as much as they could. Mm -hmm. uh, you really didn't pick it up on the broadcast too much until you started seeing all the uh, unsilenced videos, shall we say, uh, of them getting after Dubas. It was pretty, pretty funny. Obviously, for me, I don't see there's any reason to hate on Dubas. Same. He asked for what he needed to be able to run this team. They were not willing yeah. to go there. So he went to Pittsburgh. He set this team up to eat. Um, Matthew Nyes, Topi Nemela's coming. You look at Pontus Holmberg. You look at McMahon. All of these, Dubas's fingerprints are all over. You can be excited about the Bertuzzi's and the Domi's and everything else coming in, but everything else that is around this lineup, even John Tavares, is because of Kyle Dubas. Mm -hmm. So don't be so quick just to boo the guy to boo the guy because it's fun, because it's the trending thing to do. Kyle Dubas set the table here for the Maple Leaf fans, and hopefully we get to eat the meal and he's not there, but... I'm just saying there's no reason to boo the guy. I'm, are you the same boat here? Because I don't get it. Yeah, I got a lot of requests uh, <laughs> over the night saying like, oh, you got you to gotta, you gotta give uh, Dubas a reaction to that. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to do that. Because, again, I just didn't understand the point to it. It's not – again, again, I, it's the entire story and the series of events that happened with it were very weird. But, again, once yeah. all the information came out, it made sense. Dubas yeah. wanted more autonomy and more power to do things. And Brendan Shanahan said no. It's a let me do my job thing. He wanted to be able to do his job. And they said, yeah. well, no, we need to make sure that we have 17 chains of command. And if you don't like that, go yeah. somewhere else. And he said, okay, I don't like that. And, went exactly. and, and he went to he went to a place where he is not only the GM, he's also the president. So he doesn't have to like ask someone permission to make a deal or get a final approval on, on it. He can make those deals. He can make those decisions. So I, it makes sense. So I don't know. Like I like, again, it'd be one thing if he was just like, oh, screw Toronto. They never did anything for me. I hope this team sucks. And I hope they never win anything and then left. Like, no, yeah. I mean, like, I think there was, I think for the longest time, he had the intention of saying. And again, what if you go back to Brendan Shanahan's, like, like um, uh, press presser on it, explaining it, there was never a point where he said that Kyle Dubas said he didn't want to be um, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. It was Brendan Shanahan who just felt that Dubis wasn't the person for the job because of X, Y, and Z. I know again the autonomy aspect comes up, but like, but but besides that, like, yeah, like a lot of the things that you're watching on this team that you like, that's Kyle, man. Matthew Nice, that's Kyle. Bobby McMahon, as you said, as you said, that's Kyle. Yeah. Nick Robertson, that's uh, Kyle. You know what I mean? So Joseph, Joseph Walt. Yep. Oh, yeah, he was around for that. Yeah, 2016. Yeah. So it's like. I don't know. I I I get it. You know. Also, it's just it's just fun. I guess you know. If you're a person that just wanted to, wanted to do it, I get I get it. But like I don't know. It's just, it's something I didn't really understand it. And I don't. I did. I don't have any 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 ill will or any any, any frustration or frustration for Dubis. It was just unfortunate. And I yeah. think it would it would it would have been nice to see Dubis kind of finish what he started. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know what? Like GMs GMs move on. Like it happens. GMs get fired. It takes place. And you know what? I. I, I don't spend any time thinking about Kyle Dubas because he's not my GM anymore. For actually living no, years. but he, he so. seems to live rent-free in a lot of Leafs fans' heads. Yeah, we're getting in that category, Leafs fans. Like, uh, so the next time you call a Sens fan or a Canucks fan, you know, rent-free, uh, maybe take a second. Yeah, just pause for the cause. Pause <laughs> yeah. for the cause, man. <laughs> um, they uh, recently announced that they might be doing something with the World Cup here. And oh, yeah. it's only going to be four teams. I wanted to get your opinion on this because <laughs> we all do get excited for the World Cup, but this is no World Cup. This is a four-country tournament. Um, yeah. That's it. Um, for me, 
if you want a World Cup, you got to have a lot more people involved, a lot more teams involved. I get yeah. the geopolitical stuff with Russia, but there is a lot of different teams, and you're missing out on a lot of marquee players yeah. that will not be in this tournament if you do not have them in there. I want to know for you what you think. That's my issue with it, is that if you're only having these four teams, which, for my understanding, will be Canada, U.S., um, Sweden, and Finland, I think. Yep. So if you're only having those four teams, then again, there are a lot of players that you're missing. And again, a lot of people will say, okay, well, what about just, you know, oh, we're not focused on the Russian players. Like, no, but they're like Czech players. They're Latvian players. They're Swiss players. They're German players. Leon Dreisaitl cannot play at this tournament. Leon Dreisaitl. So I, I don't, like, I, I think it makes more sense to do, like, a continent thing, like a North America versus Europe. And yep. then maybe you can have like more internal competition to be to be on those rosters. I don't know. Maybe you, you, you expand them a little bit. But I think that makes. Why not just call the NHL Cup? Or North that, America yeah, versus call. Europe. Exactly. Bam. Yeah. I I, I don't. I, that does not make sense to me at all because you're you're skewing the product again. Yep. You're you're cutting off star players from being able to participate in this thing again. And let's call a spade a spade. You're giving the players a tournament that they're not really going to care about. The players no. have said that they want the Olympics because it's best on best. There, this isn't going to be best on best. The World Cup of Hockey ended up being fun because Team North America was sick. <laughs> and no one saw that coming. I was like, it was a crazy team. But at the end of the day, like it still wasn't best on best. And this isn't going to be best on best. In fact, I think it's probably going to be worse then we saw the World Cup of Hockey, again, because of all the players that are just not going to be there just by default. So, yeah, sure, do this do, do this to, to, you know, get the check mark and say, hey, look at that. We gave you international competition. But, like, it's not going to be the same, man. It really isn't. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like, I don't know if it's, if it's too late to make changes, but I hope they do in some way, shape, or form. I think they are going to make changes after the yeah. backlash they got. And here's yeah. the thing. You're, you're 100% right, and I've said this before. This is simply Gary Bettman going, I'm giving you what you wanted. There's your World Cup. Why aren't you happy? I have no idea. I don't understand. When we polled everyone, they were excited about this. Well, because it's not actually a World Cup, Gary. Yeah. It's not. No. I'm sorry to say it, but a World Cup involves more than four countries yeah. and more of your star players. So, yeah, like you said, maybe do North America versus Europe and just have a an NHL Cup. They play seven games. Whoever wins it, wins it, and away you go. But yeah. at least you get all of your marquee players, and you can rotate guys in and out if you need to, too, to expand the rosters. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> because like at this point, if, if they go on with this, with this four-country cup, whatever – you're gonna have like remember remember that that uh, Phil Kessel tweet when he was when he didn't get the make the American team. You're gonna get that times like a thousand because you're gonna have so many players just like just like watching this and say like oh wow oh yeah it's so great these yeah. uh, these four teams. <laughs> I don't know like <laughs> this is there's gonna be just so Do much. Do you not want to see Leon versus Connor? Come on, guys! Like so many missed opportunities. Like you know how cool that you know how sick that would be. Oh. Like Stu, Stu, uh, Stutzla versus Brady Kachuk, like Matthews versus Marner. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like like so many missed opportunities. So or, I don't know. Here's one, folks. Yeah, it will happen. This one can happen because of the teams that will be there. Mm -hmm. Matthews versus William Nylander. That one will be fun. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that. That's got some meat on the bone. But yeah. then you look at that one. You're so excited, but then you're like, 
But what about pasta? Yep. You're not getting pasta. Yep. So you're missing out on so much. So yeah, I I, I don't like the idea. Will I watch? Probably. Probably. Just because. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to hate eat watching this. That's mm -hmm. all it's going to be. Exactly. Um, the other thing I want to talk to you about before I let you go tonight, my friend, thank you always so much for all your time. The hitting from behind issue that has cropped up in the Ooh, NHL. Oh, man. It's taking on a life of its own, and it is getting more and more a hot-button issue. Mm -hmm. And we saw what Branson did, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, the NHL is just not ramping down on this like they did with the cross-checks, like they did with the slashing, like they did with the hooking where penalties escalated, whether it was a small infraction or a large one, mm. they made it known that this cannot happen. The mm. NHL has the ability to do this shit again, and I know it will take players some time to figure it out, but the ones that were bad were real bad, but there's still smaller ones that are guys are not getting up normally from. It happened in the Leaf game. It happened Saturday night. It happened every game you watch. There's one or two instances where you're like, ooh, that doesn't look like it's a good one. I'm wondering for you, what has to happen here? Is it more of the Gabranson thing that happens before the NHL reacts, or is the NHL maybe waiting till the Christmas break, coming back and saying, this is the new memo of operandum that we're working off of for hits from behind, or even just dangerous plays along the boards? There was there was a stretch, I'd say, like the, the first like two or three weeks of the season where – NHL player safety, well, player safety was correct twice. Mm -hmm. um, the Rasmus Anderson hit on Patrick Laine, correct, good call. Uh, the Charlie McAvoy uh, uh, suspension, correct, good decision. And then ever since they've gone right back to their, we don't know what's 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 going to be what what the decision is going to be. Yeah, and and this is something I've I've, I've repeated for like years and years and years is that the the sport of hockey in the nhl is at its most dangerous when players do not know what they can and cannot do where the so line I, is yeah where the line is so i'm watching nick cousins throw a dangerous hit on eric and branson no call right like there, there's no no supplementary discipline so eric branson says okay i'm gonna take it upon myself to to throw some discipline there, does yep. so and gets suspended. That's ridiculous. I, I I don't know I don't know what what the behind the scenes were um was for that, but I but I I hope like Good Branson like at least entertain the idea of like appealing that because if I'm him, I'm saying okay, so I'm getting a game for this, but what is he getting? He gets yep. nothing. He gets scot free, right? If if the if the hit changes like an inch, a millimeter, whatever, maybe he's not able to walk. Maybe he gets a concussion. Like, why are yep. we focusing on that? It's it's NHL player safety. So, to not just NHL point, player discipline. It's NHL it's player safety. Safety. Yep. So, to your point, James, I think unfortunately, what is, what is it going to take for for the league to change something? Someone's going to have to get really hurt, or someone's going to have to take it into their own hands exactly. and really hurt someone. And mm -hmm. then they're going to be like, oh well, maybe we should have kept it a major because if yep. they kept that cousins hit a major. Yep. Then what happened with Gabranson does not happen, but they change it to a minor, and I don't know yeah. how in what category you change that to a minor. Yeah. Keep it safe and just let that be a five, and let players know you can't cross that line. Honestly, like I don't, I don't understand. Like, yeah, yes, the, yes, there's they want to get things right, 
putting that in air quotes, yep. right? But I think in, in this new era of trying to get things right, they rarely are. So I, to be honest, I, I'd be more comfortable with them over penalizing things than under penalizing. Give them throw double minor, yep. major, whatever. And then maybe, maybe you review it or something, but at the very least the players then know, Hey, okay. I can't do anything within this ballpark because I don't know. I don't want to get a major or I don't want to get a double minor because I don't yep. want to cost my team then. Okay. Then at least we can start to deal with it. But this whole idea of like, Oh, it's case by case and we don't know. And what is let them play. It, it's dangerous and it's messy and someone is going to get hurt. The yep. game has never been as fast as it is, as it is now. You're having players up and down rosters who can fly. Yeah. Who can fly. And you have to you have you have to take it out of the players' hands and decide to be a league. Decide yeah. to be a league and protect the players. Because if you rely on the players to do it themselves, someone's going to get hurt. And if you don't do yeah. any, anything about it, someone's going to get hurt. So what would you rather do? Would you rather be seen as a league that just overpenalizes things? Would you rather be proactive or reactive? And for years and years, the league always finds themselves being reactive. For once, be proactive. Because to your point, like, like the frequency of these hits this year has been shocking. And I'm surprised that things haven't been done about it now. And I think they have an opportunity to really start to get hold of this before it gets worse. And when I say before it gets worse, I'm talking about in the playoffs where the refs say, Hey, do whatever you want. So I, I really don't want that to take place there. So I no. really hope they start to have those conversations now because, again, the frequency of it has been alarming, to say the least. No, it's been insane. And that's why I brought it up on this one with you because I, mm -hmm. I like your opinion on these things. Thank you. I think the NHL has an opportunity. Like I said, I hope, I hope they use the Christmas break and say, hey, mm -hmm. this is what the new standard is. They send out a memo to the refs. They get it figured out. They get it drilled down. And for the rest of the season, we see the proper lines being set. They did it, like I said, with slashing, with cross-checking, tripping, mm. stick infractions, all of those things. They went high with the penalties, and the infractions came down. Yep. Because the players understood where the line was and what they can do. This is a simple fix. It doesn't need to be thinking outside the box. This is pretty, hey, you do this, done. You're done. in the box. Two minutes for this, five for that game for the rest. If you want to squawk, you're gone. Mm -hmm. And we know there's going to be guys who will get hit and there will be a fight afterwards, sticking up for teammates. That always happens. But mm -hmm. what we're talking about here is what happened with Gabranson, where there was no discipline to the player and the player felt he had to atone for what was not handed out. And that yeah. cannot happen because bad things can happen in a hurry when you're skating with knives on your feet. Yep, absolutely. Well, my friend, I want to say Thank you very much. You always make the time to come on. We always have a great chat. I want to say happy holidays to you and yours. Hope mm -hmm. everything goes smoothly over the holidays. Thank and you. I do hope to get you back on close to the playoffs. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then we'll see what they do maybe after the deadline, how they're looking going into the playoffs. Because I, I for one, do not want last year to be, to be just the one. I don't want it to be a one and done. I hope they continue. I hope they fly. And I don't know. I've been a big I've been a big proponent saying that if the Leafs make the final, they have to win because I wouldn't I wouldn't recover. So <laughs> no, I don't think so, any of us would. Oh, that that would suck. <laughs> Listen, would I suck. I will tell you this right now. Mm -hmm. We are going on a run this year. Yeah. I just got a little. It seems like the right players this season have a little yeah. bit of hunger and the ability 
And then you look at what we were talking about, about the bottom six and guys willing to step up and score and do the right mm. things. That has not been there all the time. And I think Drag for Living's got a little cap space too with that LTIR for Klingberg. It's true. And maybe, you know, you put somebody else down in the minors here or there, free up a couple more million dollars, and then you go and grab a bona fide defenseman, mm-hmm. slide yourself in another player that maybe be able to play in your top nine. Um, but really right now, if it ain't broke up there, don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Let it roll, let it build, let it fester, and let these guys come together. But again, my friend, thank you so yeah. much thank for you. jumping on. Let's go get excited for the week and appreciate you again, man. No, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, Leafs Nation, you know what is around here. This is Offside Hockey Talk, where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.